Well, the Scottish Ensemble um, comprises of 12 players. So we are, uh, we're smaller than an orchestra, obviously, but we're bigger than a chamber group. We can go from one to the other, that's the beauty of it. We can be a chamber group, but we can also um, have that feeling of, of, of power and, and expansiveness that an orchestra brings. Um, and it's this constant going between both worlds that I, I think is, is, is really exciting. The other thing I'm supposed to mention is that we, we stand when we play, which is quite unusual, and we don't have a conductor. It's very important because it gives it um, a sort of, again, a much more democratic, non-hierarchical uh, feel. Would that work? Probably the most distant place we've been is the Outer Hebrides. We go to play at the Proms or the Wigmore or Glasgow, um, and then we take the same experience from an audience point of view to people who normally don't have access to it. The island of Barra is probably the furthest uh, west we've gone into the Atlantic and it's great because you, you have communities there who obviously don't have access to this kind of music making and um, you get fantastic support. Of course there, there are no traditional music halls so it's the local village hall and they come with their kids and their dogs and whatever. The ferries get smaller and smaller as you get further away from the mainland. So occasionally the, the coach that we're on can't even get on the ferry so it's just you know musicians and instruments and then get off the other side and sort of walk to the, to the village hall. You want strong personalities. It wouldn't work if you just had you know, me or whoever was directing it with um, the way it should go and everyone else sort of following. You want a certain level of interaction, but obviously it's got to keep everything in balance. And if you, you have somebody who's not quite in the sort of general vibe of the group, it, it, can, it can rock the boat and then it becomes a little bit disruptive. So it's a, it's a very fine uh, balancing act where people feel they can contribute and then we sort of put it together and then I suppose ultimately I have to occasionally uh, put my foot down. I try and say, look, we'll, we'll do it this way tonight in the concert. We'll try it out and we'll review the situation tomorrow. You know, focus group meeting can start again tomorrow morning. But until then, let, let's do this thing. And actually, often that um, irons out disagreements because ultimately it's only on stage that you can actually really tell what works and what doesn't. Is that okay? Yeah. Do you want to try it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, wonder, you know, I know you'd asked us to sustain in that chord, but I wonder if we're a bit too too, much, yeah. too long. Yeah. In the, Maybe. When Kathy's getting low. Okay, four before he... <laughs> I was sort of sitting on the bus to Inverness a couple of years ago, half asleep, and uh, Tamash Andrash, who's our principal second, uh, almost sort of woke me up. He put headphones from his iPod on my ears to say, check this out. And it was an amazing recording of this Brahms. And uh, he just said, look, we should do this. And within, within 10 seconds, I knew we had to do it. So, uh, you know, the programming is, is interesting. You, you pick up things from friends, recordings, radio. It's, it's a very um, sort of uh, dynamic process.
You want people to react strongly. You don't want people to sort of sit there and think, well, it was all right. You, know, you want people to either love it or really disagree with it. So I, I have had interesting experiences of people coming up to me you know, right after the concert and very, very politely but very firmly saying, you know, didn't really understand what you were doing there. Um, and as I said, I, I think it's, it's a very positive thing. Um, and it's all to do with the amount of risk that we take as, as players. You know, if you're going to take risks, you, at some point you expose yourself to some people not, not liking what you do. But um, I'm happy to take that risk. Yeah, without it. Should we try that? It might be absolutely atrocious, I'm warning you. You have two uh, ways of, of reacting to, to, to risk and anxiety. You can either retreat from it or you can confront it head on and almost sort of get, get a kick out of the adrenaline of, of the risk taking. And then you find that once you sort of enter into it, it becomes, you get sucked into this kind of um, sort of energy where you forget about your initial fears or anxieties and you just, you just have to be in the moment and, and just perform. That's good, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think it's less vulgar than the other one.